Ladies and gentlemen, fella, fella, fellas out there, let's close up the week with the, that one, dude. We're looking at five leverage plays. That one, dude. We're getting a couple of plays from a couple different positions. Every single position but quarterback, and a 1% on flyer who might be dealing with injury, so we'll have to track that. But five players. Leverage, please. It's the name of the game. If you watch the Final Thoughts video this week, it's probably the best Final Thoughts video we have done all year and probably the best one we have ever done. So be sure to check that out in terms of being very in-depth at every single position on specifically the contest you're playing and exactly how to attack those contests, depending on how many people are in them, depending on if it's single entry, whatever it might be, and the leverage plays for those contests. So it is very informative. And we touched on some of those players because it was so detailed that we're going to talk about today as well. And it's going to be a grand old time. So I appreciate you all being here in advance. Sit down, relax. It's Saturday, it's Sunday, whenever you're watching this. Get ready for the schmacks. And I, all I ask from you before we start this bad boy up is ratethispodcast.com slash shall. We have broken into the top 25. We are hoping to break into the top 20 and try and punch up the little man towards the ESPNs and the CBSs and the PFFs and all the big enterprises out there. This little engine that could. So I appreciate you all in advance. You get entered into a chance to win a $100 raffle that I will be pulling on Sunday. So ratethispodcast.com slash shall. Appreciate you all in advance. Let's slide into the first player now for that one dude. So the first player is somebody I've been liking all week. I've already taken his props in other videos. We've been hyping him up, but this man, even a, this is how we, the little engine that could, even after saying that we like this man a good amount, still coming in as of this recording at 5% projected ownership. We go to Cincinnati. We go to Jamar Chase, $70,000, $70,000, no, $7,000 Jamar Chase at 17.2 fantasy points this week. 5% ownership, looking like a snack, looking like a lovely leverage play. So for starters, his team total is great, a 27-team implied total. The matchup itself, like as an entire unit, the secondary for the Chargers has been solid. Individually, though, I mean, Chris Harris is in the slot. Jamar Chase will be there sometimes, but not really, maybe like 10% of the time. On the outside, it's honestly going to be a, a solid matchup for him. I mean, he's going to get Michael Davis on the one side, who is, as of right now, a bottom five graded player on this slate at the cornerback position, according to Pro Football Focus. And Jamar Chase is going to have a massive speed advantage on him. Michael Davis has not been good this year. And then you have Campbell on the opposite side on the outside, where Jamar Chase will doing most of his damage just on the outside, right? Not in the slot. He's allowing a 75% catch percentage this year. And based on watching film, Jamar Chase should get some pretty nice free releases off of him a couple times per game, which opens up those big plays. So the matchup itself, the game environment is looking nice. The reason why he's not owned is because he he hasn't been producing for people lately and his price tag is still staying relatively high at seven thousand dollars whereas t higgins is still cheap on his own team so if people are looking at this game and they're saying hey i don't really care about ownership because i don't know about ownership and a lot of people don't understand leverage still and even if they do they don't emotionally understand it to the point where they can pull the trigger on plays that might not look as good because their favorite content creator didn't hype them up but t higgins for twelve hundred dollars less and t higgins was just coming off of a massive game and t higgins has been getting good volume all year why would i play jamar chase and that's the reason why you're getting jamar chase at a low price point and let me tell you why you would play Jamar Chase because he's at a low price point and when he goes for these ceiling games as he has multiple times this year of 30 plus points multiple times this year that is when his 5% projected ownership in lower in smaller field tournaments if he comes in at 3% that is when that starts to easily dominate the slate for you so his total season numbers so far you know the rookie started off hot he had five touchdowns in his first five games that's why he got to this price tag in the $7,000 range and he was early on the offensive rookie of the year nominee I think that that should be pretty easily at this point Mac Jones but if you keep going down next six games only three touchdowns so the touchdowns start to wear off and and the flare if you will the sex appeal of jamar chase starts to lower and you get these low ownership numbers because the price tag isn't coming down with it and it hit an all-time low i mean jamar chase has 13 or more DraftKings points in nine out of 11 games 82 percent of his games this year at seven thousand dollars you need
any more than 13 points. Although, in like the worst case scenario, that's not terrible. So, in nine out of 11 games, 82% he's going for 13 or more fantasy points. So, it's not awful. His floor is not terrible. It's just because the recency bias, week 12 against a division rival in Pittsburgh, you saw just three catches for like 30 yards on three targets. I mean, they barely threw the ball in that game in general, right? You're running the ball nonstop and mixing 30 plus times. He only ran 24 routes, his second lowest on the season, because they were just running, running, running. But if people were to look at just the previous four games before that, he actually had the highest target share that he's ever had through a four game span and really any span this year with 38 targets nine and a half targets per game five red zone targets led to two touchdowns during that four game stretch so the usage is still heavily there his volume has actually been picking up right it's weird he had lower volume beginning of the year with scoring touchdowns that's just variance that's just freakiness right that's just random shit and then later in the year he's getting more volume but the touchdowns are dropping it's going to balance out to where he's going to have some pretty damn good volume and he's going to score some touchdowns and i'd like that to happen i'd like to own that player when he's five or three percent owned like he likely will be this week as opposed to and you can see right here as opposed to deontay johnson this week who deontay johnson is coming in as the next receiver in the pricing at sixty eight hundred dollars so he's a little bit cheaper here i love deontay johnson i think he's He's a fantastic play, but there's actually something to talk about here. 17 and a half fantasy point projection on Deontay Johnson, who by all accounts probably has a worse quarterback, right? We can get that out of the way. But regardless of that, should still see the target here. So 17 and a half fantasy points for him. I got Jamar Chase at 17.2. They're basically the same price. They have the same projection. Jamar Chase coming in at 5% projected ownership. Deontay Johnson, 12%. How does that happen? Recency bias. How many targets have you been getting me in each of these games, right? Deontay Johnson, have you been hitting mega ceilings? And eh, not really. Just consistently going out there and getting you, you 15 to 20 fantasy points so people like that consistency of having solid performances rather than the upside opportunities even though jamar chase we just told you 82 percent of his games this year nine of 11 have gone for at least 13 fantasy points that's pretty damn consistent to me so we like jamar chase a whole lot this week as a leverage play and we take the over 59 and a half receiving yards we've said it a couple times this week i still like it i've taken it like three times it's on the screen right now over 59 and a half receiving yards on jamar chase on prizepicks.com you go to prizepicks.com hey hey fella here's a little bonus for you lady out there 59 and a half receiving yards you take the over that if you put the code salin when you sign up right your first bet is free up to 100 dollars. free free up to 100 dollars. so be sure to check that out they'll give you a nice little bonus bet there for you beautiful people if you use that code sal so next up let's transition now to a position that we don't talk about too often lately on this show because there hasn't been like any screaming obvious plays and this week there's maybe two or three screaming obvious gpp plays depending on how you build your lineup out at the tight end position and where there's leverage and usually, usually you're not going to find the highest uh, price tight end being like the best tight end play in terms of leverage. Usually that guy, yeah, he's going to be like 15% owned. Yeah, he's a fine play, but the ownership is there. Yeah, do what you got to do. You could probably avoid it because he's expensive. And on a week like this week, week 13, you're seeing two solid punt tight end plays. James O'Shaughnessy, Foster Moreo. We covered those guys. Um, I think James O'Shaughnessy makes more sense at a lower ownership. Foster Moreo, one performance, six catches, 60 yards and a touchdown versus the Eagles earlier this year is making everybody think that he's like the second coming of Ron Gronkowski or something when he's just Foster Moreo. But besides the point, it's not either of those guys. The reason I mentioned those guys is because they're lower owned. They're soaking up a lot of ownership this week. Naturally, you're going to get Gronk in the mid range. Who's been balling out a hundred yard game. He looks fantastic. He looks spry. He is taking advantage of all these short passes. There's still no Antonio Brown out there. Gronk is 5,300. Oh, some ownership and a good amount of it is going there. So we get a man up top. So the position itself is getting some ownership dumps and the team itself is getting different ownership dumps for San Francisco and George Kittle. George Kittle is by far the best tight end play in the slate this week. Now that does not mean Sal said he's the best tight end in the play. I have to go jam him into all my lineups. No, because the second or third best tight end play in the slate is going to be cheaper than George Kittle because George Kittle is the most expensive. So it does come down to, can you actually fit this guy into your lineup around your stacks? But if you're asking me for the best GPP play on the slate at the tight end position, it is George Kittle. 
you have to try and afford it and kind of build your lineup to an extent around him but it is 16.2 point projection is my highest projected tight end by about three fantasy points so just projection wise he's the best play and then you look at it and as of this recording i have him for seven percent projected ownership at fifty nine hundred dollars i mean if i was to compare george Kittle to like the fifty nine hundred dollar wide receivers right now his projection is pretty much in line with hunter renfro's it's more than t higgins it's more than michael pittman's it's more than brandon cooks it's more than devonta smith's it's more than all those guys there so i mean he's basically better than the 5k range of the wide receiver position and he's still coming in lower on than a lot of those guys as well his team has a 24 team implying total a matchup against the putrid 27th ranked seattle secondary where george kittle if you're talking about tight end matchups has the number three tight end matchup on the week against the seattle linebackers those seattle linebackers allow 90 percent of the passes thrown their way in coverage to be caught 90 percent, nine out of ten that's good for george kittle and they allow 1.91 yards per cover out the highest on the week and the highest in the nfl that's good for george kittle a man who can break yards after the catch who even though he's missed the games this year still ranks right now yards after the catch third with 226 for tight ends crazy so people here and the performances on george kittle he's been solid he just had one bad game last game because again they ran the ball fucking 30 plus times but people are going to focus on elijah mitchell this week i like elijah mitchell we've talked about elijah mitchell he's a solid play he's going to be like 15 percent on for good reason he's six grand coming off of back-to-back weeks of 30 plus opportunities basically so when everybody goes to elijah mitchell at 15 percent on the people that are going to play a san francisco 49ers player they're going to go to elijah mitchell and rarely rarely will you ever see somebody say oh, i want to play elijah mitchell and this tight end i to play the guy who survives off of getting a lot of volume and george kittle who would actually go to not playing as well if elijah mitchell got 30 carries right less opportunities for the passing game the game is slower because you're running so much so you're not going to see those people play that and they probably shouldn't play it together but it's going to lead to naturally george kittle being lower owned which is a funny thing because debo samuel is out and because debo samuel got these running back touches and has scored a rushing touchdown in three straight weeks people are so gung-ho that debo samuel being out helps elijah mitchell the most even though elijah mitchell has been seeing 27 opportunities on the ground in back-to-back games and some targets right it's going to help brandon Ayuk pretty clearly and yes george kittle expects especially George Kittle in the middle of the field, but Jimmy Garoppolo is so comfortable throwing. So Kittle is coming off of that week 12 dud where he had two targets and he had a catch for 13 yards. And this is very similar to the what have you done for me lately, Jamar Chase crowd. Jamar Chase before week 12 in nine out of 10 games was going for 13 or more fantasy points, consistent as they come with ceiling performances. George Kittle before last week had 23.1, 16 and 13 and a half fantasy points before his return from injury. What you're looking at right there is basically like 17 and a half to 18 fantasy points per game on average. That is pretty damn good. He's had a red zone targeted about four straight games it's just that last performance that people are looking at even though now the target share is bound to go up and the matchup probably couldn't get any better for mr george kittle i mean on the season you're still seeing a 23 and a half percent target share a 27 percent target rate like these numbers rank top five and top four amongst tight ends still he's still elite and efficient at 2.28 yards per route run and efficiency metrics for pass catchers that's fourth in the nfl for tight ends he's still top five in every statistical category now the volume is likely to come we love it we can compare george kittle to the only guy you can really compare him to in the price range there's two guys there's kyle pitts but nobody wants to own kyle pitts all that much because of recent performances but rob gronkowski again i like rob gronkowski if you're playing brady stacks i probably want to prioritize getting rob gronkowski in those but rob gronkowski is 5300 a 13 and a half fantasy point projection so i've got george kittle for like three more fantasy points rob gronkowski is coming in at 10 to 12 percent owned so close to not exactly but close to double the ownership is kittle even though kittle projects out for more even though kittle is only 600 more you might be able to find that just from going down to defense so george kittle this week is going to look like a strong play now i'm waiting for the bets right now i, I was told that as of friday i'm or friday afternoon i'm recording this friday morning because i'm going to be traveling um into the weekend 
But I was told that George Kittle is going to be seeing some sort of props on price picks. And I'm going to double check right now live, but they're not there. Just know that I want the overs on those props, right? Just know that I want the overs on those props. I have them for 16.2 fantasy points. So if they put up his fantasy point number in like the 13s or something, take the over on those props. Again, you find those on prizepicks.com. Use the code Sally, get a free bet of $200. So if the yardage numbers are somewhere in like the 40s or 50s, take the overs. If the fantasy points are somewhere below, I mean, 14, 13, 12, somewhere in there, take the overs. So that will help you with that. Now we have three players left, a 1% owned player, another receiver, and another running back. And let's now transition into the running back. And if you're wondering where I'm getting ownership numbers, the projection numbers, all that type of stuff, all the analysis, all these tools, it's going to be down below on my Patreon. It's just me. I'm just a one-man band here. So if you would like to join the community, if you, the beautiful person out there, would like to increase your DFS game, take down the Dollaruskis, join a community of a thousand plus members, thriving and having a lovely time in the Discord, not only in the NFL, but the NBA, the PGA, the MMA, a lot of stuff going on there optimizers, industry low prices, ownership, projections, game by game, no rankings, all this stuff. Come on in. There's a lot there. There's a mouthful there for you. We'll welcome you and say, welcome home. Welcome to the family. Come on in increase your game and win some money why would you not want to win some money so we go to the running back position now there's not a lot of great let's say lower own leverage plays like the leverage plays are going to be guys who are like 12 to 15 percent owned they should be 25 to 30 percent owned i.e alexander madison i.e jamal williams these are high owned players that are probably not high owned enough now there's one player who's actually coming in with low ownership and does become a leverage play for us and that man is in the five thousand dollar range he would be a massive pivot off of jamal williams although again i still like jamal williams but a man we liked last week and he was owned in like 15 percent of contests so people are going to be lower on him is their Eagles running back Miles Sanders who was expected to play dealt with an injury left at halftime dealt with an injury but he's already expected to play practice on Thursday and I know the first thought that goes into people's heads I'm not playing Miles Sanders that guy got me 7.4 fantasy points last week and I played him blah 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 a lot of people I guess it wasn't widely reported Miles Sanders last week got injured basically at half he didn't play like the entire second half Myers Sanders Miles Sanders in his first game back from injury two weeks ago played 45 percent of the snaps right and that was in a blowout where they kind of limited him and then last week he played 29 percent so he was clearly hurt he was going to play somewhere around 60 plus percent of the snaps in that game if he was healthy based on playing 29 percent in like the first half so miles sanders at 5200 i have for four percent projected ownership i have him for 13.2 fantasy points and here's the thing he has the number one pass blocking advantage of the entire week the number one one that the eagles have seen all season long and this is an offensive line that is just dominating people bullying people uh, in the run offense a positive 83 percent advantage ranks number one on the week versus the dead last ranked new york jets run defense and oh yeah the eagles over the last five weeks have been the number one rush offense they've been number one in run plays per game their run offensive line has been number one in the nfl so you get the number one offensive line in the nfl versus a dead last run defense as the eagles are a very rare 26 point team total that high and a very rare the eagles this team a seven point favorite so everything looks great for miles sanders miles sanders who just last week was looking great behind this offensive line he had nine carries for 64 yards he added a reception right but his nine carries for 64 yards and basically the first half this man was averaging over seven yards per clip he was on pace easily for 100 plus yards he only played 30 percent of the snaps and probably would have gone on to play right around 60 percent in that game and you get some other benefits here jordan howard is not trending in the right direction kenneth gamel was really not all that much involved even when he was active and yes boston scott was heavily involved he fumbled he scored a touchdown last week but that was a lot in the second half when miles sanders was hurt when miles sanders was fully healthy which he was trying to get ramped back up to last week and now that's not the case but when he was fully healthy he was also seeing passing game work four and five target games he saw nine targets in those two final weeks before his injury he had in his first six games of the season before getting hurt nine red zone attempts in six games that's solid with a mobile quarterback being in your backfield that's very solid so we like miles sanders and there's a very easy comparison here for miles sanders people in large field tournaments people in tournaments everywhere are going to jump on the antonio gibson train they saw him in prime time uh jd mckissick got hurt with a neck injury and was carted off although it's not supposed to be significant but likely won't play this week we'll track that 
But Antonio Gibson at $5,700, $500 more than Mr. Miles Sanders, I have for 13.5 fantasy points. I have these guys for the exact same projection, basically. Miles Sanders is $500 cheaper, and I have Antonio Gibson coming in currently with 12% ownership to Miles Sanders, 4%. The reason why people want to play Antonio Gibson more is because they think that he's just all of a sudden going to take on all the J.D. McKissick passing down snaps. They think that they saw him on prime time looking nice and that they want that to happen to them as well. That's fine. Antonio Gibson can go out there and score 16 points, right? It would be a little bit above my projection, but so can Miles Sanders. They're in very similar situations here. Miles Sanders is actually in a better situation as a better pass catching running back as a faster running back as a all-around better game scenario here as a touchdown favorite in a much easier matchup so we'll take Miles Sanders there in the comparison we'll take Miles Sanders over 62 and a half rushing yards as it slides up onto the screen on prizepicks.com free bet up to $100 you have a couple options now to pair it with 62 and a half Miles Sanders free bet use the code Sal so now we have a wide receiver left and a 1% owned play the wide receiver that we have left is $6,000 flat which I think gives it all the way away there's only one guy there yes the Pittsburgh Steelers own Chase Claypool 13.2 fantasy point projection at 4% projected ownership uh 21 point team total isn't great but that's kind of where the Steelers have been all season long for the most part and let's discuss Chase Claypool I mean the reason he's on this video the reason we're discussing him is because he's a leverage play what does leverage play mean he has a nice projection he has a good ceiling and he's low owned he is four percent owned and he has a nice matchup matchup against baltimore's number 23 secondary i mean look chase claypool he's not going to see a shadow matchup against marlon humphrey or anything like that chase claypool moves all around the field 36 percent of the time on the left side 21 percent of the time in the slot and 41 percent or 43 percent of the time that adds up to 100 on the right side according to pro football focus the pffs the poofs the poofs so humphrey earlier this year everybody saw him get lit up by jamar chase for jamar chase's big game but overall he's been solid only a 53 percent catch rate so far this year on the opposite side there's averett so everett's on the opposite side was very undersized i mean one of the smallest cornerbacks in the league at 178 pounds that's not gonna bode well for a man in chase claypool who weighs 240 pounds at 6-4 and runs a top three percentile 40 time so chase claypool built in before the skill sets even come in on how you can coverage and cover techniques and things like that has a 50 pound advantage on everett when he's out there in Everett, whatever you want to say this last man's name is right that is a lovely spot as obvious i mean think about you playing flag football you got 170 pounder there you're a monster 220 pound of just monster stone muscle NFL receiver who's very fast and physical. You think that that's not going to be easy for jump balls, especially in the red zone, where Chase Claypool now has 11 red zone targets in his last six games, which is up there with top five in the NFL, where Chase Claypool has been a top 10 wide receiver in overall opportunities and usage the last two weeks with 80 routes run, 17 targets, 91%. And in the last game, finally got there, 100% of the snaps has not been leaving the field, not only in three wide receiver sets, but not leaving the field in two wide receiver sets or one. One wide receiver said he is now staying on the field if they put one wide receiver out there with a jumbo formation it is not Deontay Johnson no more it's not James Washington it is now Chase Claypool as of the last two weeks which opens him up the opportunities for play action jump balls and things like that so yes this is a lovely matchup Baltimore secondary in general is undersized Tavon Austin slot cornerbacks are usually smaller 185 pounds Avert 178 pounds and you get Humphreys around 192 195 pounds so nice matchups everywhere here you do have his 17 deep targets this year for Claypool being top 10 in the NFL the problem is that Big Ben ranks 29th in deep completion percentage and therein lies the entire problem for this team the completion percentage issue pittsburgh ranks number four in passes per game right now so what you're getting here is a lower owned freak athlete in a good matchup not only just skill wise but also he's going to see the red zone targets he's getting the volume now he's not leaving the field so even more opportunities are to come especially if big man has to throw towards his 40 times per game that he has been throwing so we like to see that we like to see the red zone opportunities as well continuing to be there i mean for comparison reasons brandon cooks we all like brandon cooks he's not gonna be insanely highly owned this week but brandon cooks currently coming in a hundred dollars less right that discounted idea that i have in my nfl fantasy course daily fantasy course 10 hours of video bunch of stuff there you can check it out down below if you want to um, but 
yeah, Brandon Cooks, $100 less. People think it's a massive discount. Brandon Cooks, $100 less, 14 fantasy point projections, so like a point more, double the ownership at 8% projected own, and that might come up if anything. So we do like to see that. There's no currently any bets out there on Chase Claypool and fantasy. I don't like the Big Ben props, so I guess we're not going to have any props for Chase Claypool as of now. I'll be interested in seeing his fantasy point numbers that they put out there. I have him for 13 and a half. If they drop like a 10 or an 11 out there, I, I would definitely bite at that. And now we get to the point in the program where we're trying to find these 1% on flyer plays for your large field GPPs, uh, specific stacks. If you're trying to get sneaky in your stacks, right? Trying to win the Millie Maker. This guy, uh, so he was limited on Wednesday. He did not practice on Thursday, but he actually spoke to the media on Thursday and he said that he just had spasms in his calf and he does not believe that it's anything serious. Of course, Friday's injury report. By the time you're watching this, it's not out yet for me. We'll say a lot. Hopefully he's not ruled out by the time this is in. If this man gets ruled out by the time that you're watching this, well then, you know, just uh, say, take care, brush your hair. And I appreciate you all tuning in and be sure to sign up for Patreon and be sure to use the code Sal and Price Picks and take advantage of all the lovely offers while they still last this year over there with that code free bet of $200. But if he is indeed not ruled out, and even if he's questionable or probable, the Friday Angel reports will say a lot there. Deshaun Jackson at $4,200, there's not a lot of good punt plays this week. People will go back to Josh Reynolds, who's an average receiver with a terrible quarterback and a bad offense just because they saw him catch a touchdown and get loose on a touchdown on Thanksgiving. So they'll go back to him because he's cheap. Maybe they'll play Laquan Treadwell because he's coming off a career-high eight targets this late into his NFL career. Again, a bad offense, uh, not great spots overall, but if you want to get there, you want to throw him in a run back, fine. Those are like the only cheap options unless you're punting somewhere else this week. Deshaun Jackson at $4,200 is a decent cheap option. 10.5 fantasy point projection at yes, 1% projected ownership, and this questionable status around his calf will likely keep him at 1% ownership. I think he's one of the best leverage plays in the entire slate because he's cheap, because his upside that we just saw last week, and because he's trending in the right direction, right? Since joining this Raiders team where he says he wants to retire, apparently, week 10 is very limited. He came in like a couple days before the game, only ran four routes, 18% of the snaps, one target, had a catch, ended up fumbling it. Week 11, the snaps nearly doubled to 35%. The routes double from four to eight, and he sees one to zero targets right but the usage is doubling the usage is going up we said that heading into the thanksgiving week that that would make him a good play because of that and what happens week 12 51 of the snaps 22 routes and four targets in that big game against dallas now he was still number four in the wide receiver pecking order right it went pretty clearly hunter renfro then zay jones then Brian Edwards, the second-year player who was banged up his rookie year and hasn't been doing much this year, then Deshaun Jackson. But Brian Edwards only ran like 24 routes. So Deshaun Jackson is slowly taking Brian Edwards' role, which I'm going to be honest with you. Like, Jay Jones at least looked decent on Thanksgiving, commanding some targets. Brian Edwards has not done anything. He's not getting separation. It's pretty sad. I know he's this athletic size freak who had good special uh, teams' abilities as well at college, which is usually an indicator of your quick twitch, your, your athleticism. And it's not been the case so far for Brian Edwards. I'm not sure why. But Deshaun Jackson is coming for this man's job if he's indeed going to be out there today. Now, look, it's a tough spot for sure like this Washington secondary ranks 28th in the NFL it is a 26 team implied total for the Washington football team but although they rank 28th if you're looking at the individual matchups here you probably shouldn't for the Sean Jackson but William Jackson has been playing pretty well Kyle Fuller has really come on these last four or five weeks but here's the thing when you play Deshaun Jackson, who's 35 years old still, and still has his 4.35 top two percentile in the NFL speed when he came out, right? He still has that speed. That shit don't age yet. When you have that, it's not about the one-on-one -on -one matchup. It's just not. Like last week, he just ran by Trevion Diggs, one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL athleticism-wise. He just ran by these guys. I don't have any issues with him running right by William Jackson, a veteran in the NFL, sure. Good with the Bengals, now playing well with the football team. But I don't think there's any reason he can't just run by them again because, hey, he's faster than him if Derek Carr has the time to throw. And that could be the one big concern this week is that the Washington football team is generating pressure even without sweat, even without uh, Mr. Chase Young out there, right? So they're still generating pressure. Now that can fall off any week now, but Derek Carr does fold under pressure and finding the guy downfield is difficult. But you would assume a couple times a game 
there's going to be opportunities. So if Deshaun Jackson is healthy and starts playing 60, 65, 70% of the snaps and fully takes Brian Edwards' role, I mean, he's going to be a $5,000 receiver really quick. This is your 1% on play. You're not putting him in your cash lineup. You're probably not putting him in your single entry lineup unless you're playing a Raiders stack. He is a play that you're trying to leverage the field by getting over the field in a ton of spots, a large field tournament, whether it is a large field single entry, right? Um, maybe not your smaller field is what I meant by not putting him in your single entry or the Millie Maker type contest. That's what you're trying to do there. I mean, for comparison reasons, LaVisca Chenault is 4,400. LaVisca Chenault had a lot of targets last week, but they were short. They were like at the line of scrimmage. It was like the Rondell Moore role. There's no upside there unless you're scoring touchdowns. So I have LaVisca Chenault for 10.8 fantasy points, basically the same fantasy point projection as Deshaun Jackson coming in at 5% ownership. So five times the ownership for a guy that I would say has absolutely no upside compared to Deshaun Jackson because Chenault's not getting downfield targets out of the slot in Jacksonville. So I take Derek Carr over 265 and a half passing yards to close up our props for week 13, at least in this video. No Deshaun Jackson props out there yet. I doubt there even will be. They usually don't put props out there for guys who might be questionable for the week and just guys who are like the wide receiver fours on their team. But Deshaun Jackson, I think he's coming up. I think he's going to be the wide receiver three, if not the wide receiver two, 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 two soon. And look, I mean, him stretching the field, not just obviously has the touchdown upside plays, but it creates a threat. It makes the defense have to respect that, right? Which then allows Hunter Renfro to benefit on the underneath stuff, allows the running to have more space on the ground so over 265 and a half passing yards for Derek Carr this week we hope that the man who folds under pressure a good amount we hope he gets some time this week otherwise that number is not going to look as good but I have him in the 280 so we like it over 265 and a half you use the code Sal you get the free bet up to $100 excuse you come on in you use the tools on Patreon and you see oh my god this this projections here I should take that over on price picks oh my god I should play these guys these are nice leverage plays they're low ones with a nice projection compared to guys around them here's a couple of them but there's even more I mean this is just five guys if I put up a list right now of like the best leverage plays this week is the most you'll find on an 11 game slate this late into the season there's so much great leverage opportunities right now there's probably like 15 to 16 really good plays and like 10 really strong leverage plays i think we're giving you five right here you can check out on patreon to see the rest the secrets unlock the secrets put the tools in your toolbox put it on your backpack in your backpack on your back and go to war with your you loaded up rifles while people are going there with their throwing knives you're gonna win it's as simple as that you're up down you're up on the hill looking down at the competition right you're gonna win it's as easy as that i appreciate you all tuning in so much Hope you have a rest of a lovely rest of your weekend. Sunday will be live and we'll be answering your questions. Sunday morning we'll have the Patreon only GPP strategy podcast where I talk about every single one of my exposures, every single player that I'm owning. So be sure to check that out if you're a Patreon member. And we'll see you there. We'll see you when we see you, gang. Rate this podcast.com slash shall to get entered into a chance to win $100 and for us to try and punch up towards the ESPNs, punch up towards the CBS and dominate those motherfuckers up there. We're breaking in the little engine that could. I'll see you when I see you, gang. And I'll see you in the next one.